Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Paydirt, a Penn State football show. Along with former Penn State and NFL quarterback Matt McGloin, I'm Tom Hannafin. This show is brought to you by our sponsors, Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Paydirt. We're big fans of Funk Citrus IPA, the Silent Disco IPA, and the Double Disco Southeast PA-style Double IPA. But don't forget, our official beer, the Paydirt IPA, is still available right now in Funk's Emmaus Tap Room only, but it won't be around much longer. Funk has so many great beers to choose from at their tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York in Pennsylvania. You can find a variety of Funk Brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Visit FunkBrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Also, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting free contests and giveaways all season long always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events whether that's the nfl the nba the nhl mma tennis boxing or even golf head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit make sure to use the promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v to receive your rewards Pater is presented by Bet Online, where the game starts. Also, we invite you to head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.b-l-e-a-v.com and search Pater for our two t-shirts. One is the official show logo over the heart. It comes in white, navy blue, and black. And the other is a navy blue t-shirt. It has the Pater wordmark over the heart and on the back. Circa the 2012 Penn State football season. It has Matt McGloin's name and number. Again, head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.b-l-e-a-v.com and search Pater for our two t-shirts. I want to thank you all for tuning in on ESPN Radio State College as well as checking out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, which is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, hit us up on Twitter and let us know what you think of the show at ESPN Radio 1037, at QB 11 and at Tom Hanfin. A big thanks once again to Charlie Fisher for being on the recap episode for Penn State versus Michigan State. I found that absolutely illuminating, so I can only imagine what it was like being coached by him, uh, Matt. I think that was a really cool experience. Uh, you were busy this past weekend uh, working for the Big Ten Network, and unfortunately, what was a snoozer blowout uh, there in College Park, but Hey, it was a fun game, at least, uh, to get on BTN. Um, we haven't had a chance uh, here on Pater to get your thoughts, at least, on the Michigan State victory for Penn State. Very quickly, what would you think of that game? As expected, right? We expected them to put on a performance like that. We expected them to do what they did to Michigan State. To finish the season 10-2, and two, Tom, you have to be really excited and really happy with that. You know, a top 10 finish for Penn State, um, obviously, Again, you have to live with the losses to Michigan. You have to live with the losses to Ohio State. So it'd be interesting to see where Penn State ends up moving forward, knowing that you do have Ohio State and Michigan ahead of you when it when it comes to bowl season. Uh, but but anyways, going back, you know, Charlie Fisher, man, awesome, just a wealth wealth of knowledge, right? You, you talk about a guy who's coached some of 
the best players to ever play, you know, in college, guys that went on had great NFL careers. He's been a wide receiver coach for a long time, obviously a quarterback coach, a head coach. And he was so, you know, influential in my development as a quarterback. You know, he doesn't get the credit that he deserves, you know, when, when it comes to that, that 2012 team and that season and working with quarterbacks, working with that offense, you know, a lot of people like to give Bill the credit and, you know, again, Bill deserves that, but let me tell you something in terms of breaking us down as quarterbacks, teaching us how to how to play the right way mechanically, how to work the right way day in and day out, how to watch film, understand the playbook, processing information. I mean, Charlie was one of the best that that I've been around. So I, I'm I'm glad, you know, the Penn State community enjoyed listening to him. Um, you know, and I'm glad we had a chance to get him on the show. And he'll some he's somebody Tom, that, you know, we hope to obviously have on. You know, uh, as as we move forward into the future here with uh, with Pater, and again, real quick on that Maryland Rutgers game, Maryland's good football team. Said it all year. Said it all <laughs> yeah. year. I've I've said Rutgers, it all year. And I'm going to continue. Team. We've been saying yeah. it all year. They got they. Here's the thing about Rutgers too, Tom. Like they're good defensively. That's a top thirty defense True. nationally. True. For and for what like. But, and and even with that, like for what they have on the offensive side of the ball, they're still a top thirty yeah. defense. They can't they can't sustain drives. They can't get first downs. They can't throw the football. They can't score. So like I don't care how good you are defensively, Tom. Eventually, when you have no production on the offensive side, you're going to break a little defensively. So there are things in place there. There are pieces for Rutgers. Obviously, it's hard to win in the East with the big three. Um, they need to find consistency at the quarterback. So uh, interesting to see what Rutgers decides to do moving into the future at the quarterback spot. Will they continue to develop Simon and Wimsett, or will they go to the portal? Uh, but Maryland, Tom, Maryland's becoming dangerous. You know, just they have to find the consistency. I think that's that's the missing piece. Hey, Maryland's a good football team, and you know who's a good football team? The Purdue Boilermakers. Your pick to win the West Set it actually the spring, came bud. through. <laughs> Purdue's playing Michigan uh, this Saturday for the Big Ten uh, Conference Championship. Uh, no one really expects Purdue to win that game. Uh, Michigan should handle the Boilermakers soundly. It was a little rocky there in the West, Matt, and that like I know you picked Purdue, but like yeah. Illinois looked like they were flying for most of the year. Minnesota was making a push. A lot of things happened there middle of the season to both those teams. And then somehow freaking Iowa, which was – Granted, a winning team, but still like not fun to watch. Like that was a yeah. rough team to watch. Winds up, I think, finishing second in the West, and Purdue just ekes it out in the end. Very competitive in the West. I, I've said it since the spring. the The makings were there for Purdue to have a good football team. Um, you know, and uh, you know, said as what we talked about on the show as well that Michigan should beat Ohio State, and they did. Right? I, I, I. I like the fact that Purdue got in. I didn't want to see Iowa in there again. I think it would have been more of the same. So to give Purdue this chance to go out there on a national stage now in Indianapolis and go up against a team that is the defending Big Ten champs in Michigan, I think it's a great opportunity for them, Tom. But one thing that stands out, and it's an easy thing to point to, but it's crucial to your team, and it's why the quarterback position is so important. If you don't have a quarterback, you have no chance. Right. And Purdue has one in Aiden O'Connell. Now he, he he was banged up a little bit for a few weeks there, started to put it together, um, you know, towards the end of the year, right? They 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 beat Illinois, they beat Northwestern, they beat Indiana to finish the season on, on a three game win streak, you know, and, and now they're playing the Big Ted Championship game. But it goes back to that quarterback play, the consistent play of a guy like Aiden O'Connell. Like you look at Iowa and and how great they are defensively, Tom, but how much they struggle on offense. They 
Petrus was up and down all year. He gets injured. Padilla gets put in the game. He's up and down as well. DeVito had a great year for mm-hmm. Illinois, right? He was very consistent for them. But there's a program who it's they're, they're like a lesser version of Michigan right I now. I completely agree. We talked about it earlier in the they're, season. I was grateful Penn State didn't play Illinois when Illinois was hitting on all mm-hmm. cylinders middle of the season. They'll be very dangerous next year. I feel like Illinois should be the favorite in the West in 23 just because they're figuring out who they are. Now they're finding their identity, similar to what Michigan went through last year. You know, And, and you can see that development in the Michigan program this year. They knew who they were from, from game one and carried that the whole entire way. So, you know, things are changing a little bit in the Big Ten, but, um, you know, we're going to get a great Big Ten championship game here this weekend. It's going to be fantastic to watch. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we're here to talk about Penn State, Tom. Yeah, right? I hope. I, and, and, and what the future yeah, holds. Yeah, the future, there. you know, part of the Big Ten championship game, you know, we'll, we'll see how that does play out. Again, I don't expect Michigan to lose, but in the off chance that they do, that could throw things into disarray in the top six, at least the college football playoffs. So we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later on here in the show. But let's talk about Penn State. You know, we talked about the Michigan State victory, finishing the season strong, finishing the season at 10 and two uh, during the regular season. That is when you look back at the body of work for Penn State this year, starting unranked, you and I talked about it a lot in the offseason, especially during training camp. This was a team that was a lot of young parts, a lot of hype potential, but not realized potential. And then you've got these young freshmen coming in to back up veterans like Sean Clifford and company. And it was a little rocky there to see, like, oh, is this all going to come together? And a 10 and 2 season, I know a lot of Penn State fans wanted to be in the national title picture, wanted to be in the top four of the college football playoff rankings, but I don't think that was ever really reasonable. To finish eighth in the country after your regular season campaign and 10 and 2, pretty darn good season. How do you feel about it? Yeah, they, they finished the season off really well, Tom. And it wasn't one of those things where they, they carried those losses with them, right? You know, you, you, you certainly lose to, to, uh, to Michigan, you know, you lose the Ohio state game. Um, but you, you look at the way they rebounded, they lose to Michigan, they go and they beat, they beat Minnesota pretty bad. They lose to Ohio state in what was a very tough, very difficult game. Um, beat Indiana, beat Maryland, beat Rutgers, beat Michigan State pretty easily, right? So we talked a lot about that standard that Penn State should play to. I think after that Ohio State loss, they realized that. They realized what it was. Um, and it was one of those things was like, well, hang on a second. We know who we are. Let's play to that standard week in and week out. You have to be a faceless opponent for us moving forward. Doesn't matter who it is. Doesn't matter what number of jersey you're wearing, on the road, at home, whatever it is. If we handle our business, if we trust our game plan, we go out there and execute the game plan, there's nobody that should be able to hang with us. I think the defense really yes. started to prove that, Tom. You know, towards the end of the season, the offense slowly did it. Um, you know, at times they have to certainly find the consistency there. Um, especially in those big games and in those big moments. Um, but I think there's a lot of good you can take away from from this Penn State season with the way they finished the year off. Time. Isn't it funny how it's a modern take on a very old traditional style that Penn State has been for decades, all the way back to the origins of Joe Paterno as head coach, is play good defense and run the ball. 
And isn't it just fascinating how the back half of the season, you commit to running the ball, you play with some bigger sets, utilizing your tight ends, whether that be in the passing game or in the run game. Saw the diamond um, formation, which is basically the, the pistol with two tight ends flanking Sean Clifford, or you were using the full house backfield with Clifford under center. Like some formations that you never would have expected out of Mike Yursich, considering the places that he's been. And then you just play good defense. And I think it was something like 16 players recorded a sack this season. It's it's very old school Penn State football, but with a modern twist. And I know I'm personally thrilled to see that. And as I talked about it, there are a lot of players, especially on defense that you and I have been talking about for the life of this podcast, about a dozen guys that it's like, well, they're big time recruits. There's a lot of hype. Some had some injuries are recovering. When are they going to realize this potential? And a lot of them did this year. What do you accredit that to? Yeah. Oh, gosh, there's so much talent on this football team, Tom. And, you know, you, you mentioned Yurcich, you mentioned Diaz, right? Guys like that, the depth, the defense, 16 guys recorded a sack. You know, uh, I, I just, I think as the year went on, they started to realize how much talent that they actually had. Right. I think it's one of those things where it's a bit it's a bit eye opening, like, all right, we can continue to play a lot of these guys because they can continue to contribute for us. Right. And and one of the things that I always talk about was is, is like you, you you need to know your personnel. Right. You need to know who you have. And we brought this up on the show before. It's like you can't be one of these coaches where like, well, this is the system and that's it. Like, we're just going to run this. We're just going to do that. I think as the year went on, Mike Yersich began to realize that, especially towards the end of the year. How do I use these guys? in the best possible way, in the best situation for them to get the best out of them. We know Manny Diaz was doing that all year, right? And, and building that depth, um, continuing to rotate guys in and out, put them in different situations there without a drop in production. That's brutal on offenses as well, Tom, right? You're running out this drive and you're seeing number, you know, two, four, 16, nine, then you run back out and there's seven out there. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, and you're just like, well, there's zero. Is he playing safety or is he coming up in this, a lot of variety. this hybrid? It's a lot of confusion. It's a lot of variety. That's brutal drive in and drive out to understand what you're seeing sometimes defensively. It's brutal to prep for time because you're not just prepping for 15 guys that are playing. You're prepping for 28 guys that everybody do something differently here. Right, quarterbacks, coordinators, guys that are big on matchups, high percentage throws, Tom. But if I'm going up against a guy that maybe plays well in man coverage one drive, now we're calling man now we're starting to, you know, call man beaters and stuff like that. But the next drive you flip to coverage with a different set of personnel here, we got to adjust rapidly on the fly. So he did a really good job of confusing teams, confusing offenses, creating havoc. Um you saw we talked about Maryland. I'll use it as an example. Look at what Talia and that offense did against Michigan. They had a chance to win that game. Look at what they did to Ohio State. 33-30. There was less than a minute left. They had a chance to go, you know, 65, 70 yards to score or another 40 to get a first down. I mean, unfortunately for Maryland, that game ended in a sack fumble, but they were there. They had a chance. And then you see what Penn State did that offense defensively, right? So, I mean... The pieces are there, Tom, right? We talked about identity. 
since that Ohio State game, I think they really started to figure out who they were as a team and what their identity was. Well, in that Ohio State game, you hung with one of the best teams in the country for three and a half quarters. So if anything, it validated what this Penn State football team was onto here in 2022. Um, this is an interesting week. So we're recording this uh, Wednesday morning, Matt, and we're in the middle of what is referred to as a dead period. Basically, this is an opportunity for the coaching staff and the players to huddle up at the Lash building and figure out who, if anybody, is entering the transfer portal, who is potentially returning for next season. You might continue to see uh, those announcements of who's returning, who's going to the NFL draft. In fact, you definitely will over the next month or two. So that's something to keep an eye on. And this is a chance where no one's allowed to go out on recruiting until, I believe, Thursday or Friday. So then the recruiting trail is going to begin, I believe, through December 17th. And then I think it's December 21st is the early signing day. So there will be some interest in terms of who's coming in in 2023 and even some glimpses in terms of recruits for 24 and 25. Uh, but the great thing is that there's some roster news here for Penn State that it's a little bittersweet. Let's start with the good. First of all, left tackle Olu Fashionu, whose last name I've been mispronouncing all season long, so forgive me, is coming back to Penn State next season, which is a surprise to many. His aspirations in the NFL draft this year are for real. He is, by many experts, considered to be potentially the best offensive lineman to go out in this draft class had he chosen to do so. Instead, Fashionu is coming back to Penn State. He's very excited about the opportunity. He wants to finish up his education. Apparently, he loves getting uh, ice cream from the creamery, so that's an important thing as well. Um, but when you think about this offensive line now, Matt, you get Fashionu back at left tackle, landed Tangwalt, who had a promising outback bowl at the conclusion of the 2021 season, injured this year, banged up. You get him back next year. Hunter Norzad's returning, theoretically moving to center. Vega Iwane who is a very promising uh, freshman, will probably be penciled in at right guard. That's somebody that the coaching staff has been talking about since last offseason. They're very excited about him. And then Sal Wormley, probably at right tackle. I'm curious to see what they do with Iwane and Wormley in that respect. Wormley, who's been in the program for a while. All of a sudden, an offensive line that was banged up and young this season. Next year, that's a nice starting five. What do you think? NFL's not going anywhere. Right. I think I think a lot of times with these young guys, these young talented guys, they think that they're in such a rush to get there. You know, just slow down for a second. So I think Olu's making a really good decision. You gotta remember this he's a redshirt sophomore, he's nineteen years old. Right. And it's what was his you know, first full season as as a starting offensive lineman. So uh, you know, th this is a really mature move. For a guy, I know he talked about, you know, feeling like there was uh, some unfinished business left, you know, at Penn State, um, which, heck, you know, when you lose to Michigan, that's tough. When you lose to Ohio State, that's tough, right? I, I think, you know, if you're a guy in that spot, you see what's around you as well there and where the program's going, what the program's developing into and what the future could possibly hold for this team and for that, for that offense with Katron Allen, Nick Singleton the potential of Drew Allar. So again, certainly the pieces are there. The makings are there for something special for this team, um, for this offense moving forward here. Yeah, I think it says a lot about Phil Troutwine as well, maybe Mike Yurcich as well. Um, you know, being able as an to work with those guys every single day. You know, you have to think if you didn't like your positional coach or your coordinator or anything like that, you would be in a rush to get out True. of there. Um, but uh, I think it's a great move. I think it's a smart move. 
There's a lot of time to still continue to develop and become a better player. Now, obviously, Tom, the the thing that you have to bring up when you see guys returning for another year is is the health, right? You hope that they continue to develop and they continue to stay healthy, right? Because that, that that's always the thing. It's like, oh, take the money, go take the money, take the money, right? You know, I, I certainly understand that aspect of it, um, but uh, but again, for a guy that just finished again his first year as a full time starter here. I think it's a pretty good move and a pretty smart move by him. Yeah, it's a it's a chance to get a little bit more polished. Um, and, and there were some injuries at Fashion who was dealing with this season. So get healthy during the off season and really roll with a team in the next season. That you know you touched on it. Drew Aller, a lot of potential at quarterback. We know what we have in Allen and Singleton uh, at, at running back. Tight end core looks fantastic and I do expect just about everybody in that core to be back next season we'll keep an eye on that obviously as the weeks go by and then at receiver you're interested to see who's going to step up uh Parker Washington will he be back that's a question mark uh Keandre Lambert Smith will he make that leap and then it's the the group of Evans Saunders Ivy um Carter as well like there, there's a lot of guys that it's like okay the the opportunity is going to be there but the nucleus of this offense, all of a sudden, the offensive line, which has been a question mark for a number of years, you got to feel really confident about going into 2023. Uh, on the flip side of things, Olu Fashanu, uh, Fashanu, excuse me, returning uh, one player who will not be back with Penn State is quarterback Christian Veyer, who announced earlier this week that he is entering the transfer portal. Matt, you and I, not surprised at all by this news. Uh, we have been talking about this through the offseason that somebody between Aller, Veyer, and Prabula is not going to be on the roster in 2023. It would have been stunning had it been Aller, but Christian Veyer uh, obviously getting the chance to be the backup in 2021, uh, played in the Rutgers victory in 2021, and was by many expected to be the backup heading into this season until literally the week of the Purdue game. We get the news from James Franklin. Oh, by the way, Drew Aller is the backup quarterback. And we're like, oh, okay. Yeah. So the writing was on the wall. I think Veyer has got a lot of ability, and we've talked about it before, a Canadian football player who's making the transition to the American game still. I, I feel like he's going to latch on somewhere and have a lot of success. Uh, what do you think about his departure? He'll have a chance right somewhere else. Um, he absolutely will. And I, I remember going back to the spring, Tom, after that spring game, you know, us talking about like, well, listen, it's Clifford and then it's Veyer. That's Veyer one, two right there. So like you, you just, it's, it, it must have been incredible for, for James, for Mike Yersich and the rest of that staff to see the development of a guy like Drew Allo over the summertime and then throughout camp. Right to be able to say, all right, well, this guy's our number two. I don't, I don't, I don't see how he's not our number two. You know, um, you're just going to put that guy in that position if he's not ready for it, especially a young, highly touted athlete um, who ha who has a lot of potential. So, you know, if if you're a guy like Veyer, this is a good way to use the portal. Right, it's not one of those situations where he's just complaining or you know thinking that he's being treated unfairly and not playing right right like it, it it is what it is at this point you have a six-year guy a four-year starter there who's moving on and you have you know one of the better freshman quarterbacks in america one of the better recruits in america now set to take over and it's not tom it, it's it's obvious now right so it's not one of those things where 
Alar was just thrown into the game at times and performed poorly to where you can say, I don't know why Veyer's leaving now. There should be competition in this spring. We know enough now. We've seen enough now to know that Alar is the guy, and that's it, right? That's how Penn State will be moving forward. So, you know, it's a smart move for this kid. You know, it tells you where he's at mentally. It tells you that he's a kid who believes in himself. He believes in his abilities. Well, Tom, he's done it, right? We saw it in the mm-hmm. Rutgers game a year ago. He's done it for. He's done it before in a Big Ten game and in, in, in a big moment. And I don't care that it was Rutgers because winning football games is hard. Doesn't matter who well, you're playing. That was a week. But he's the done. entire team had the flu, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's a lot to yeah. deal with. Yeah, especially you know when 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 you know you're 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 playing your first real in, in real minutes right so you know we certainly wish him the best of luck um you know but I, I i i can see him catching on somewhere somewhere pretty good time and now whether it'll be the big 10 or not i'm not sure there are some teams that do need quarterbacks in the big 10 um i could see Caden mcnamara going to a big 10 team um so it'd be interesting to see how that plays out but you sh- certainly wish that kid you know great success in in whatever team he goes to. Are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to Smack Apparel and check out what their team is geared up for this football season. Their Let There Be White tee is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with the worst tee for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball. Every fan is covered. Head over to their website, smackapparel.com, and use the promo code PAYDIRT at checkout for 10% off. Again, that's smackapparel.com, promo code PAYDIRT at checkout. Why wear boring when you can wear Smack? Are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. This month is No Shave November, so visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com all month long. You can get a free beard comb with any purchase of $25 or more. Just use the promo code FREECOMB. That's F-R-E-E-C-O-M-B. Also, a reminder, use our promo code PAYDIRT15, that's PAYDIRT15, at checkout for 15% off your order. Maestro's Classic, crafting a better you. Yeah, and James Franklin has been on the record, you and I talked about it very recently here on the show, is that James Franklin's been on the record saying Veyer's attitude has been spectacular, Mm -hmm. engaged, committed, cares about the program, wants to play, and has gotten opportunities to play. There was clearly... There was clearly an effort by the coaching staff to give Veyer a shot. And James Franklin even said in a postgame press conference, I can't remember which one it was, he said, quote, I hope Veyer stays, which it, I think it speaks to his ability and it speaks to his attitude. So I, I'm with you. I hope Veyer uh, lands somewhere good. I'm sure he will. I think he's got a lot of ability as a passer and as a runner. He's mobile. He can do a couple of different things. Um, if I'm the Iowa Hawkeyes, uh, I know you can't literally just like throw money at place. I mean, if you're Texas A&M and Miami, you probably do. But like <laughs> Iowa should be calling Cade McNamara, Christian Veyer, like yep. anybody to come play quarterback. They could give you an extra year of eligibility at this point, and it would be great. I mean, do you ever think about getting your master's from Iowa? 
Now, I don't think I have any eligibility left, Tom. You know, I, like I said, I, I I still feel though like I could probably throw it, but my days taking hits are over, man. You just know? be Drew Bledsoe, just a <laughs> statue back there. <laughs> it, it hurts getting off the couch sometimes now. God. Uh, well, we li- uh, we wish all the best for Veyer. Uh, let's talk about what every Penn State football fan is fixated on right this second, and it's the possibility of a New Year's Six bowl game. Now, I think it's it's very very likely. However, one thing that's really concerning right now, Matt, is that just about every major news outlet, I'm talking SI.com, CBS Sports, ESPN, Action Network, yada, 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 you name it, the reporter has said it. The projection right now by a lot of different outlets is Penn State in the Cotton Bowl against Tulane. It's a projection. A lot has to happen this weekend in terms of the conference championship games. When you hear that possibility, how do you feel? I would not be pushing for that if I was Penn State. Now, I know there have been talks that, well, Penn State could potentially jump Ohio State and get to the Rose Bowl. I don't see that happening. Again, I'll go back to what we started the show with. I, I fully expect Michigan to win, but don't be shocked if that's a game for four sure. quarters with Purdue. right? So, And stranger things have happened in, in that championship game. Right, so if that happens too, Penn State's not getting in. If Purdue wins, Penn State's not getting in, like do New Year's Six Bowl, right? So, but anyways, I don't see them jumping Ohio State to get to the Rose Bowl. Again, you're right. The Cotton Bowl does seem like it's the most likely opportunity for them. And again, against we'll see whether whether it is Central Florida or Tulane. But I, I would not be trying to get in that Cotton Bowl. Like I'd want to play Bama or Tennessee or Clemson in the orange, right? Or I'd be fighting for that Citrus Bowl. I I think you want the best opponent for Penn State, right? Do do you really want to go to the Cotton Bowl and play an AAC opponent, right? What does that do for you? What does that do for you? It gives you another little trophy and a great picture that you can hold up and say, all right, great, we beat Tulane. I, I know Tulane, I know they're both nationally ranked. I understand that, right? But you're going to dominate those games, right? Do, do you want to continue to ride this momentum that you've built up since the Ohio State game and get on that national stage and say it's Penn State Bama? No, nobody's going to care what the bowl is, right? It's Penn State Bama or Penn State Tennessee had a great year, 10 wins. Penn State 10 2, Tennessee's 10 and 2. What's the bowl again? I don't really care what it is. It's a great football game. Or Clemson in the orange, Penn State Clemson. You know what I mean? Like this is, these are much better fits, Tom. They're much better games. Um, that's what I would want for my team and for my program, knowing that where we're at, we have a chance to beat those teams with how good we are. That's what we're ta- That's what you've been talking about. We got to recruit like this team. We have to recruit like this five star, five star, best player here, best mm-hmm. player there. Well, well, now here's your chance to go up with the rest of these programs that are doing the same thing as you. That you don't get to, that you don't get a chance to play every single year. That you don't get a chance to play in bowl games that often. Here's your chance to do so. What does it do for you mm-hmm. if you go play Central Florida or you go play Tulane? Nothing. It doesn't do anything for you. It doesn't show anybody anything. It doesn't show recruits anything either. You go and you beat Bama, Tom. You go, you beat Tennessee. You go, you beat Clemson. LSU, maybe, depending on what happens with USC. I don't know, right? But if you go beat one of those teams in a bowl game, imagine what the story will be in 23 that surrounds the Penn State football program and what the future holds. You forget. You can forget. 
about Ohio State and Michigan. That's what people would forget about those two losses. If you play a big-time bowl game against a big opponent. So that's I'd be going for the best possible opponent and then whatever bowl game I happen to land. Yeah, people have been knocking Penn State's victories this season and that they haven't beaten anybody that's recorded eight wins or more. So it's just... so you're not going to jump Ohio State. That's it, no, right? and, and like yeah. I've I've read you know different places that oh well Ohio State was in the Rose Bowl last year and the Rose Bowl committee won't want to do that again. That's that's BS. It's Ohio State. It's one of the yep. biggest brands in college football, and it's about eyeballs this time of year. Period. So if you can put Ohio State in anything, nothing against Penn State. Ohio State gets more eyeballs than Penn State. It doesn't matter if they were just there last year. I don't think the Rose Bowl would care. I know Kirk Herbstreet said recently on ESPN that he thought Penn State was viable for the Rose Bowl. I agree with him in terms of resume and record and where they could fall in terms of available teams. But if you've got Ohio State available, you're calling them first. Let, let's just mm-hmm. be very honest. Uh, this this eerily reminds me, Matt, of if it does wind up being the, the Cotton Bowl, I don't really, you know, the bowl game almost doesn't matter. If it's a New Year's Six bowl game, awesome. Great. That is a showcase opportunity for your program. But if it's against Tulane, if it's against UCF, it's eerily reminiscent of the Cotton Bowl against Memphis back in 2019. That, right. Ironically, Sean Clifford was on that team as well. <laughs> and that was where Micah Parsons really broke out. But you nearly lost to Memphis. In that game, let's not forget about it. They didn't blow the doors off of Memphis. Everybody thought Penn State would kill Memphis in that game, and a lot of Penn State fans were disappointed by it. Am I expecting a similar situation if Penn State were to play UCF or Tulane in a New Year's Six Bowl game? No, you, you would hope those other teams would be competitive, so it's not a snoozer. But at the same time, there was nothing for Penn State to gain. It was only something for Penn State to lose. I look at this in terms of, the college football playoff top 25. You talked about some teams that I would like to see Penn State play. Alabama, Tennessee, even minus Hennon and Hooker, I still would like to see Tennessee. Clemson, obviously, they're in the ACC championship game. We'll see where they wind up. UNC is somebody that I know probably after that they would wind up with four losses, but still, you would take UNC over UCF or Tulane. Utah, after the Pac-12 championship game, probably with four losses. I would take 10-2 and Washington. I would even think about Florida State and LSU, who Florida State 9-3, and LSU is probably going to have four losses coming out of uh, the SEC championship game against Georgia. Mm-hmm. I think so many people get hung up as like, well, you know, the record, they have more losses than us or whatever. It, it's brand. If you're able to knock off one of these big brands, and granted, you're bigger than some of the teams that I just mentioned, and some of those matchups might be familiar you know Penn State recently played Washington in a bowl game they've played against the likes of LSU in bowl games I get that you've seen this thing before it's a completely different team but you don't gain anything by playing the AAC champion I I would hate to see that well there's a fear of that you losing that game as well and then what does that say with where you're at right there's a like you get there's a massive difference here where it's like you go against Bama you know you win Again, you carry that into 2023, that's massive. Or it's an incredible game. You lose by two or three. It's like we're still, guys, we're right there. You know, or, or even the same with Clemson, with what Dabo has done with, with Clemson over the years, right? You know, you win that game, it's massive. Or, you know, it's a hard-fought game. You lose by three, you lose by six, whatever it may be. It's like we're right there with the top teams in the nation right now. We just have to continue to grow, continue to develop. 2023 is going to be a great year for us. So the, you're right. I, I want I want the brand. I want the name. 
I want the best possible opponent if I'm Penn State. I don't want to fall into this this category where it's like, yeah, another New Year's Six Bowl. You know, this is how many that we have right now. Oh, yeah, well, sure. You know, it's it's Tulane or it's Central Michigan. It's a game we're going to win in, but we're more concerned with what comes with being in that New Year's Six Bowl rather than we're, who we're actually playing and rather than what it could potentially mean for our program well it's a it's a sad state of what bowl games are all about at this point you and i have talked yeah. about it and that you know most fans are like well the bowl game's meaningless they are and they aren't in that yes if you make the college football playoff they mean something if you make a new year six game that's the only bowl game that really matters if you're a penn state football fan if you're not on new year's day I mean, you're going to see a lot of opt-outs. You're going to see fans not travel necessarily. And that's the thing you have to consider, Matt, is that when Penn State gets booked for bowl games, that is the networks banking on viewership because Penn State gets a lot of eyeballs. And then it's also the stadiums, the event coordinators, knowing Penn State fans travel and will buy tickets to your game. There's a thing too, Tom. It's like you look at that and it's like Cotton Bowl versus Tulane. I mean... (laughs) That's but do you know what I'm saying? Like that's not you mentioned like pointless bowl games and stuff like that. Like it's not this isn't a knock on Tulane or anything like that because they've had a great year so far. But like if you want them to mean something moving forward, you want them to continue to mean something moving forward and you want to prevent players from opting out, the best need to play the best. We'll see. Yeah, uh, I'm very hopeful for it. Uh, in terms of looking at the overall picture of the college football playoff, um, how do you feel in general about where the top four sits right now as we're heading into this conference championship weekend? Just a reminder to everybody listening, it's Georgia 1, Michigan 2, TCU 3, um, USC 4. Yeah, I'm not sure it changes. I, I think it stays where it's at, you know, you feel like the college football playoff committee, they want, they want USC so bad. Oh God. Yeah. You know, it's a great, look, it's a, and it's a great story. It really is right. Lincoln Riley, what he's able to do there in year one, Caleb Williams, arguably the best quarterback slash player in America, right? The TCU story is fantastic as well. And you know, could, could anybody touch Georgia? Um, I think Michigan has a much better chance this year than they did a year ago. Um, but that I, I don't see one through four changing at all on December fourth. I wonder. I, I, I USC Utah I think will be a good game. First of all, that that's an interesting matchup in the Pac twelve championship game. So this is like if USC makes it in, do they mm-hmm. jump TCU so mm-hmm. that way you can get USC versus Michigan in the semifinal? You get Georgia to just smoke TCU in the first round. And then potentially you get your dream matchup that a lot of people would like to see, maybe Georgia USC. I don't think so. Uh, you know, you have a, like if TCU runs like if they finish thirteen and zero, they're Big Twelve champs, mm-hmm. right? That that it, you can't like I just don't see you're putting a one loss USC team ahead of that ahead of what they've been able to do all year. You'll have three undefeated teams one through three, and your one loss Pac twelve champ team. At, at that four spot there. So you'll get you'll get USC Georgia, which will be an incredible game. You'll get Michigan TCU. And if it's Michigan TCU, I think you're gonna have a big ten team in the national title game. And in terms of if one of those top four teams stumble, which I, I would be genuinely surprised, who's the yeah. first one in Alabama or Ohio State? Wow. <laughs> 
for me, as you what it, ha- it depends on who loses, right? Right. right. Oh, it I completely mean, depends you know? on who loses. And to me, Matt, there's no one in the college football playoff committee who wants TCU in that top four because just to the point we were saying about eyeballs, ticket sales, all that such, no one is going to care about TCU. And I think we all expect what happened to Cincinnati last year in the college football playoff to be the fate of TCU in this year's college football playoff. You know, is in no matter what, right? So if Georgia loses and the rest win, I think it stays the same, right? You know, you can even you can even ask yourself the question, Tom. Like, let's say let's say Michigan loses, do they still get in? You know, with the way with the not, because not just what they've done this year, but what they've been able to do last year as well. You know, um, that that's that's going to be interesting to see. You know, you get to put a two loss team in. Um, you know, let's say LSU beats Georgia. Yeah, that would be a shocker. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it's just there's so many questions that that you look at, and so many possibilities, and so many things that that can happen with that. So, of course, we'll see how it all shakes out this weekend with the conference championship games, and the bowls will be announced this Sunday. So, we here on Pater are going to have a full breakdown for you for whatever bowl game and bowl opponent. Penn State draws, so stay tuned with us here. Thank you for liking, commenting, subscribing, turning on notifications all across our platforms, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, tune in wherever you get this show. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and we'll see where Penn State winds up during bowl season. Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll be back on ESPN Radio State College this Friday, November 18th, at a special start time of 1 p.m. Eastern to 2 p.m. Eastern. We will return to our normal schedule on Monday, November 21st. If you want to check out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, this episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter at ESPN Radio 1037, at McGloin QB11, and at Tom Hannafin. Paydirt is presented by Bet Online and by Funk Brewing. Thanks again, everyone, and join us next week for more Paydirt. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks, that's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.